Hello, everybody. Welcome to ASUG Talks, Candid Career Conversations, a podcast production of the America's SAP Users Group. I'm Laurel Nelson Rowe, Managing Editor with ASUG and your ASUG Talks Season 2 podcast host. In each Candid Career Conversation episode, we explore career paths and progress, experiences and insights, moments of success and decision do-overs with ASUG members who have led or participated in SAP technology projects and enterprise-wide IT initiatives. We know the work-life stories, the high points, the sage advice, and tough lessons learned will engage you, will inspire you, and you are our audience across the information technology, SAP customer, and ASUG member community. It's time for today's talk. Let's get to it. Greetings, everyone. We've got ASUG Talks, Candid Career Conversations, starting up again today. And today's guest is Benjamin Deaver, who is a Senior Solution Architect for the Americas at SMP Group. Thank you so much for joining us, Benjamin. Hey, thank you for having me here. We are going to get down to business right away, but we'll take a step back in your life. Where did you grow up? Tell us about that. And did that shape the professional that you've become today? I actually grew up all over the world. My father was career Air Force and so lived all over the United States and then had an opportunity to spend a lot of younger years actually in Southeast Asia. Did it affect who I became as a professional? Probably. I got exposed to a tremendous number of different cultures, different people, uh, got to pick up and move every three years and had an opportunity to reinvent. And uh, you really, really made the best of the situation. So I I like to think it influenced who I became. We will talk a little bit more and hear a little bit more about that through the course of our conversation, I'm sure. Tell us, did you always want a career in information technology? No, definitely not, actually. Growing up, there were there were two things that I always wanted to be. But uh, like I said, I grew up in a military household. And so growing up, I always wanted to be a, a pilot for the Air Force. And, uh, you know, you, you can't tell from a podcast, but I'm, I'm six foot two and uh, I'm wearing, uh, you know, very, very thick contact lenses, both of which are things that stop you from being able to uh, to fly for the Air Force. Probably when I was middle or or beginning of high school was when I really started getting involved with technology and becoming fascinated with that. And uh, kind of a natural progression, I think. And uh, it just continued on into university and and helped me find my career path. What was the state of technology for you in high school? The state of technology in high school. So my first computer that I had access to was an Apple 2GS. And that was, uh, that was uh, maybe late middle school, maybe early high school, but my first real meaningful, like actual, you know, it was a 386 DX that was released. And I remember it had a whopping, uh, we had a 20 megabit hard drive. It was, it was the biggest thing on earth. Wow. We're going to fast forward a little bit and tell us about your first job related to IT and SAP solutions. When was that? What was the context? I got hired into an oil and gas company here in San Antonio, Texas, many, many years ago. It was based on a referral. And I, I started my SAP career like many do. Uh, I was an ABOPer. I learned SAP from the, the code up and uh, immediately got involved with project teams 
immediately got involved with learning the underpinnings of how SAP worked, and then very quickly was able to start learning not just industry solutions and, and core ERP capabilities, but also branching out into other solutions, but really getting into that data integration space very heavily, very early in my SAP career. Lovely use of acronyms there, which is the world of SAP and the world of IT in general. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you consider yourself an active career path planner, responsive to career path opportunities that came your way, or something of a hybrid? I'm going to go with yes. I'm always (laughs) trying to plan and scheme what the next step is going to be. And that's just the nature of who I am. But I will tell you that many of the opportunities I've had in my career, my current role, as a matter of fact, was something that I, I got a phone call from somebody I've known and worked with for many, many years. And it was one of those passive career opportunities that just fell out of the sky for me. And so I I will actively plan the direction I want my career to go in, but I'm also always very open. Great. So tell us about that that career path. And in two minutes or less, tell us about your career highlights and share any pertinent details. Yeah, of course. So I graduated from a university here in San Antonio, Trinity University, um, back in the early 2000s. I actually worked outside of the SAP space to begin my career and then sort of fell into SAP, you know, again, through my network and through a referral in. I almost immediately went into the consulting space. That's just my personality. I chase the difficult problems. And if I find myself doing the same thing on a regular basis, I very quickly get bored with the situation and I don't want to be doing the same thing. So consulting has been a very natural fit for me. I was independent for many years. I've worked with several different consulting firms. I probably spent uh, seven or eight years with Accenture in their federal services practice. I'm currently now working, uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm senior solution architect, so I lead our solution architecture practice for SNP Transformations, which is a global leader in SAP data transformation and, uh, and integration, really SAP data management. Throughout my entire career, I've always been heavily invested in integrations, data management, every aspect of the the data lifecycle, and that's just been a natural progression for me. So what's been your favorite job role or responsibility to date? Why was that just a, a great favorite? I really enjoyed my time at Accenture. It, it really taught me how to be a leader, an architect, how to develop people, and how to be a people manager. I, I really enjoy being able to lead people kind of from the front. And it taught me on some, uh, you know, some very difficult to deliver projects, how to refine my skill sets in that area. And then yeah, that translated well into my role here at, uh, at SNP where not only do I get to manage and develop groups of very talented people, but I also get to operate really at the forefront of data integration technology and transformation technology. So it's the best of both worlds. I get to solve really complex problems for customers that are really interested in finding success. But then I also get to work with a lot of really smart people and, and help them refine their skill sets and, and just become better at what they do. Now, you said you like to chase the most difficult problems, or I might have entered the word most into that phrase. You like to chase difficult problems. What's What's been the most challenging role, responsibility, or the most difficult problem that you overcame to date, and how'd you do that? 
I would say it's usually having to do with integrating SAP data with sort of kind of getting it outside of the SAP ecosystem. SAP is really good at building walls around the data and making it difficult to be able to integrate that out to different non-SAP tool sets. And it's not a not a knock against the product, just it's how it how it operates. Being able to work with customers to be able to help them be able to get that core financial data that drives their business on a day-to-day basis. You know, you look at the numbers and it's like 95% of the world's of the world's commerce at some point in its lifetime will hit an SAP system. Being able to help integrate that out with sort of non-traditional targets, whether it be some cloud data warehouse or sort of the Lego blocks of data and analytics that exist in the major data clouds out in the in the ecosystem. Those are very challenging problems that when you have a track record of delivering solutions in that space, you, your customers really get excited about it. But again, you're, you're chasing very difficult problems to solve. And uh, it's a lot of fun to solve those ones specifically. Let's get back to your career for a moment again. What's been your best career decision to date? How did you go about that decision-making process and why was that best so far? That's a good one. I've made a lot of... So I've made a lot of career decisions. And at the time, every career decision always seems like it's going to be the best one ever. <laughs> and then, um, you know, there, there's sometimes there's buyer's remorse. We'll put it that way. For me, it was definitely having the understanding with myself of what I wanted to do, like having a real honest conversation with myself of what I wanted to do. And so I would say when I went to go and work for um, Accenture Federal Services, that was a great career decision for me because it allowed me to really jump wholeheartedly into the consulting space and really live in that space and kind of get out of the customer side of the business. And so I was able to chase those difficult problems that kept me engaged. I was able to develop myself, uh, continue to refine my skill set. But it also really solidified with me my personal understanding of what I want in my career. Because it's, like I said, it's, I personally want to be in that consulting space and be the, the person that helps develop others and be the person that helps solve the, uh, the very difficult problems. I enjoy being tactically engaged that way. And in my experience with my skill set, I had a very difficult time having that experience while working for customer implementations. And so it was my personal realization that what I really thrive upon, what keeps me most engaged, what makes me happiest with my role is that I'm in that consulting space. I'm working with multiple different customers and, and I'm helping, you know, they're not bringing us in to solve the, the really simple stuff. They're bringing us in because everybody's beating their head against a wall and they need help getting through it. Is there anything about your career or? roles, responsibilities that you had that you would like to do over? And if so, what and why? That's a good question. It's a very loaded question. Um, (laughs) Because are there things I wish I could do over? Absolutely. You think back on your career and you think to yourself, man, if I'd just been paying attention or if I had, if I just managed to get into that meeting or I'd met this person or I'd, I'd somehow been engaged in this thing. So hindsight's twenty twenty. The difference between the, the successful and the unsuccessful is that you're just improving the quality of the mistakes that you make. And so we, we learn from the missteps. You know, it's if you make the same mistake a thousand times in a row, you haven't learned anything. But if you make a thousand different mistakes, now you're a master, right? And I'm not sure that I would trade out much in my career 
there were certainly a couple of engagements that I was on where things didn't go well or you know everybody's been on the project that turned into a death march and you're working you know 80 100 hours a week to try to get something across the finish line but the reality is you learn how to manage projects and you learn how to manage to a schedule and you learn how to do things like say no by being in those engagements where everything kind of goes off the rails so my fear is that if i traded any of those experiences in I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Were there some unpleasant moments in my career to this to this point? Absolutely. Is everybody's there, got them. Yeah, every everybody's got them, and um, but they they help you get to where you are today. If there's something that you if you held me if you held me to an answer and said what was you know if I got to do something over why I probably would have jumped directly into consulting like right out of university. I probably would have accelerated my trek to graduate school a little bit faster. Because I did learn a lot from those two engagements. The, I learned the most from, from the jump into consulting and then and obviously trying to juggle that alongside of graduate school, learned a ton about myself and the ecosystem and the networking. I would have accelerated those two paths a little bit and, uh, and cut out some of the fluff. But beyond that, probably not too much. It's all valuable fluff. Absolutely. I would have, I would have invested in Bitcoin when it was $5. That's what I would have done differently. <laughs> I don't know that that's along your career trajectory. (laughs) Probably not, but if I could do it over again. (laughs) Has there ever been a a job or a responsibility set that you wanted to have and didn't get? When there was a lot of remote hiring that was taking place, especially you know, kind of during the the height of uh, of the COVID pandemic, there were a lot of really pinnacle job opportunities that have historically resided in in very specific geographies that were suddenly made available to people because you didn't have to be there. And so my wife and I, we have a Peloton. We've been huge fans of Peloton. I know a bunch of the folks who actually work and have worked at Peloton. And so there were some high-level architecture positions that came uh, available over there. And so I threw my hat in the ring. And uh, and the reality is my skill set was not a good match for uh, for what they were looking for. But at the moment, it was a, it was a great, it seemed like a really cool opportunity and a, and a neat thing to chase. And unfortunately, they realized that my background is entirely based on SAP and not necessarily streaming exercise data off of a bazillion devices. <laughs> and so uh, they, they, they caught on pretty quickly that it wasn't a good fit from their perspective. And, uh, and I did not get the opportunity. But you're still riding Peloton anyway? I am still riding Peloton anyway. My wife and I fight over the bike pretty much every morning. (laughs) Have there been training education experiences that have proven essential to your success in your, in your roles over time? Training and education is what you make of it. I've sat in on some great trainings where I wasn't fully engaged and probably didn't take away as much as I needed to from the training. So yes, there's definitely been quite a bit, but I think the the greatest takeaway that I had from everything in my career up to this point around training and education is that it's it doesn't matter where you're at in your career how much of an expert you think you are in anything you always have the ability to cherry pick there's always going to be some new viewpoint or some nuance that you can pick up from anything that you're engaged with there's always an opportunity to learn something new and so it's all about the attitude you bring to it it's all about walking in with an open mind and and most importantly being coachable some of the greatest training i've ever received was informal feedback from colleagues and peers that uh, if i hadn't if i hadn't really forced myself to have that coachable mindset probably would have been lost on me 
And then I've had absolutely outstanding formal classroom-based training where I took a ton from it because, again, walked in with the right mindset. And then I walked, I watched somebody sitting on either side of me not take nearly the same thing away because they had the mindset of, you know, why do I have to be sitting here in this room? The investment makes the difference. It really does. And the investment goes both ways. And that's what I'm saying is you've got to, you've got to approach every day as an opportunity to learn something. You've got to look at feedback as a gift. You've got to be coachable and you've got to be introspective. To that same point, you've also got to be willing to accept, you're willing to identify that uh, sometimes you're going to get feedback from people who don't necessarily know what they're talking about. So you've also got to figure out how to uh, filter the good advice from the bad. And that's, that's another interesting skill set to, de, uh, to develop. Speaking of advice and coaching, have you had coaches or mentors that offered you advice and what were the most important pearls of wisdom that they shared? Over my career, I've had a lot of coaches and mentors. I'm a big fan of asking people that are in my leadership chain or people that I know and respect to be able to give uh, you know, coaching and feedback sessions. So I, I, I actively try to seek out feedback. Probably the best advice I was ever given was early on in my career from from somebody that I still speak to, and and he was the one who told me it's you've got to change, you've got to adapt and and have that internal mindset of being coachable. You know, nobody nobody wants to go out of their way to receive feedback that's telling me like, hey, here's all the things that you're you're potentially not doing to the best of your ability, but if you look at it from the perspective of somebody's helping you identify the areas where you've got growth potential, where you can do this if you, but you've got to look at it a slightly different way. And just receiving that first piece of feedback of, you know, always be coachable is probably the first step on that journey. Let's take another moment to reflect. Uh, in addition to the advice that you've heard, what are the three things that you've learned from being in IT and working in SMP? that people should know when they're maybe coming into the field or considering the field? There are, there's a lot of advice that people are going to give you. And I think the biggest piece of advice that I'm going to give people is make your career your own. It's easy to get caught up and say, hey, somebody told me I need to go and do this and then I'll be successful. This is the thing that you're going to be doing for the majority of the day, for the majority of your life. You've got to be happy and and engaged and satisfied with what you're doing, or it's absolute. It doesn't matter how awesome the role is; it's going to be miserable if you're not engaged and it's not something that you become passionate about. Like I was lucky; I was able to take a step back and look and be able to say, "I really like chasing down tough problems. I like solving those problems with people. I like building groups of people, bringing them together, and attacking these things headlong, and really just like you know, swinging for the fences on everything. I I, I enjoy that. Sitting at a desk and doing the same basic." capability day in, day out has so little appeal to me. And like I said, I was very lucky that I had an opportunity to identify that early on. So as far as as far as pieces of career advice, figure out what it is that you want to do that drives your personal engagement, that makes you want to get up and be able to go and do this thing. And you know, whatever that saying is, like, you know, you know, make make your hobby your job, you'll never work a day in your life. No, I I get up and I work hard every day. It's work. It's absolutely work. But it's work that I'm engaged in and passionate about. 
And that makes it so much easier to be able to continue pushing forward because I do have that passion and that engagement around it. You've alluded to it, but really what's at the heart of that passionate day-to-day problem-solving mindset? I'm a nerd deep down inside. Like, remember I started my IT career as a, as a backend, like AS 400 I series developer on, on old school, like mid, you know, small mainframes. I am absolutely a nerd at heart. And then beyond that, I'm kind of a data geek. And so being able to, for me, the thing that drove me to be able to really advance my career was playing with the new technology toys. You know, I I talk about like, hey, SAP data integration with cloud targets and being, being able to get a whole bunch of like financial data up into Azure and being able to talk, you know, play with Azure's analytics or Synapse as their cloud data warehouse or Snowflake or, or Databricks or any of these cool little tools that are out there. For me, the big driving factor is I'm a nerd. I want to play with the tools. I really know SAP data very well. And so when you marry those two things together, that's a very unique synergy that we get to bring to the table. And so what drives me there, what what fundamentally pushes, I want to play with the cool new toys. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a kid at heart. I'm playing with Legos. Do you bring that to the dinner table every day as well? Yeah, I have a uh, I have a middle school daughter who keeps me in my place. Um, <laughs> she acknowledges that I'm a nerd, but nine times out of ten, she quashes that conversation before I get too far. Uh, <laughs> my son engages a little bit more, but uh, normally the conversation transitions to little league uh, before I can really get too much of of my passion out. But uh, but don't worry, it's I've got I've got plenty of coworkers I get to talk about it with all the time. Is there anything that you talk with them about in terms of difficulties or or real difficult challenges about what you do on an everyday basis? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, and this is a personal style. I, I try to foster a very open and collaborative mindset with all of our different groups within the organization. My organization, it's, it's co-located, not just across different regions in the U.S., but, you know, heavy presence within Eastern Europe, within Latin America, that we, we collaborate across those borders very effectively. And the only way to be able to drive that collaboration is by having that open and honest conversation. So not just the successes, hey, we were able to deliver this huge success at this customer and this is how we do it. This is how we did it. And here's the blueprint to recreate that success. We have more conversations that are focused on, hey, I'm working with this customer and we're trying to do this thing and we're just beating our head against a wall and we need some help figuring out how to be able to accomplish this. I tell my team all the time, all of us is a lot smarter than some of us. And so let's get together and let's talk through this stuff and and figure out the best path forward. The solution is not to dance around the problem and pretend that it goes away. Problems tend not to go away on their own. Uh, The solution is to run at it headlong and start chipping away at it. If you had uh, a, a direct channel to SAP and could tell the organization to change one thing or a couple of things in terms of their products and solutions, what might you uh, ask them to do? I think I would tell them to really take a moment and let's find a way to bring a lot of the products back together. Integration is the Achilles heel of any ecosystem. And SAP products tend to integrate rather well with each other, except for the ones that don't. 
And so let's take a moment and step back and find those ones that don't necessarily integrate terribly well or the things that have been organically acquired and, and really spend the time being able to get those to integrate into the ecosystem a little more effectively. Let's talk about standardizing some of the data models. Let's talk about finding ways to be able to make the you know, data that's ostensibly the same between one system and another system. You know, it has the same meaning, carries the same values, but the data model itself may be you know, substantially different. Let's start rationalizing those paths a little bit. You know, let's start focusing on the things that make it easier to run SAP long term for our customers so that we don't have to worry about people kind of burning out and burning away from the platform. This is this is what we've dedicated our career to developing and supporting. So let's make it easier for the customers to continue on with this investment in their ecosystem. Okay, great. We've talked a lot about advice that you've gotten. I'd really like to hear three crisp pieces of advice that you'd either give to your son if he's contemplating IT and SAP or others definitely entering the field? I would say be be coachable, never stop learning, and be impossible to ignore. <laughs> Put yourself out there. Absolutely. The guy who's standing in the back of the room who doesn't raise his hand is never going to get called on. Great. Absolutely. So now it's time for ASUG Talk's um, final question, which is our superpower question. If you could have one superpower to be better at your job and more successful in your career, what would that superpower be? The superpower that I want is probably that, uh, you know, I need to be able to stop time. I like I've gotten to the point where I've got enough things that are going on that I sometimes need to be able to step back. And, and being able to pause time for a moment, even if just to be able to reprioritize or think about the next thing that really needs to happen would mean worlds to me. If, uh, if I had the ability to stop time and be able to do stuff while time was stopped, that would be phenomenal. But, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> I think it is. And so I'm trying not to get greedy here. But just being able to have a moment is just being able to give myself the moment to be able to take a step back from the velocity that which with which we're moving on a daily basis and be able to reprioritize internally would be my superpower. Great. Thank you. And thank you for taking time out of your workday and your family time for a conversation for the benefit of the ASA community and the larger IT and SAP community. We're really appreciative of your time and your attention and your conversation. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity and uh, hopefully it's helpful to someone. What a great wisdom-filled way to end this ASUG Talks Candid Career Conversation episode. I'm sure our audience agrees. And speaking of audience, let's continue to expand our engaged listeners and our ASUG Talks guest list. If it's time for you to ASUG Talk with me in a Candid Career Conversation of your own, from your office or work from home space, contact me, Laurel Nelson Rowe, ASUG Managing Editor and your podcast host via ASUG.com. We want to schedule your talk time now. And remember to share this and every ASUG Talks episode with colleagues, with friends, with your professional network and coworkers on your teams across your enterprise. ASUG Talks is available on ASUG.com and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until we talk again.